Well, good morning to you. God bless you. It's good to uh, see you in church. If you uh, have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. Some are musing already. And uh, we did do our Bible reading from John chapter 4, and I'll make reference to that uh, towards the, uh, the end of the message. I just want to read uh, one verse here from Ecclesiastes chapter 7 uh, and, and uh, just draw some thoughts from that. Of course, our, our, our purpose in gathering like this is that we would be able to just draw near to the Lord and uh, certainly render to Him uh, the worship uh, and the recognition that He deserves. And I hope that we don't fail at that right up to the very last day. I hope that we, uh, we stay faithful in that. Uh, I was sitting here, uh, I guess it wasn't last Sunday morning because I was somewhere else, but it must have been the Sunday morning before that. Uh, or perhaps it was Sunday night, I can't remember. But I was sitting here, uh, the choir was singing, uh, or somebody was singing. In fact, I don't even know where I was, but uh, <laughs> I, no, I was here. And uh, as I was listening and kind of just kind of just meditating on what they were saying and it was, you know, it was a good song, good words. I really felt the Holy Spirit say to me really clearly, the kind of clearly like when I heard that voice, I was like, it, 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 you know, it was like somebody speaking almost. And as I was listening, I felt the Spirit of God say to me, Wayne, worship. And uh, it, it was like, do that. And so I, I, I did my best to, to not just listen, but to sit there and offer something back up to the Lord and just, just extol Him and, and, and lift Him as best I could. I, I do believe worship is good for us. Uh, I don't subscribe to the pattern that you know, some do in our day, but I do believe that uh, worship is right for God, but I think it's good for you too. I, I really think it does something in us. Uh, when we worship the Lord, we lift ourselves from our present. And uh, sometimes uh, the present can be uh, dark and challenging, uh, as it was to, to many of those who bore the name of Christ who went before us. Uh, but many of them found the strength even in those times to worship. And I think it's good for us to do that. Uh, I, I think it's important for us to, to, to realise uh, the moments that God gives us to draw near to Him. Anytime uh, you have a gathering of people, you, you can't presume everybody is here uh, for the same purpose. Uh, some are just inquiring. Uh, some may be sceptical. Uh, but many have resolved those issues a long time ago. And our, our duty, I think, is just to realise the moment uh, draw near to the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit in these uh, times to just uh, just speak to us and uh, work in us. Uh, as a local church, uh, we want to be found faithful right up to the sound of the trumpet. Uh, so let's uh, allow God to speak to us. Uh, let's read our verse and let me just give you some thoughts. And uh, I'm kind of somewhat trusting that maybe God will just uh, uh, help you with what this might mean for you. Uh, but we'll read the verse, verse number 10 of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 7. Say not thou, what is the cause 
that the former days were better than these. For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. I learned a while ago that when I pray, I don't know if you do this, but I sometimes ask God questions when I pray. I can't help it. Sometimes it just comes out of me. I want to ask, uh, why is this happening? Or, or I, or I, I want to ask, uh, you know, whatever. Do you, you know, but I often ask in my prayers. But it's also been true, sometimes when I've asked, I have felt God say to me, that's the wrong question. And, uh, and it's, it's that God has decided, is not going to answer that. I'm asking the wrong thing. And uh, that's kind of what our verse says here. Uh, it's, it's, uh, the question is, how come, uh, how come these days uh, are not as good as those days that were before? And the Bible doesn't answer it, but simply says this, uh, that's not a wise inquiry. That's not a good question to ask. And uh, so, so we want to think about that. I want to give you some reasons why that is not a good question to ask. And, uh, and then maybe just conclude by maybe giving you some things that perhaps we should ask. Uh, so that's it. That's the simple uh, outline of, of where we are. Uh, what is the reason, uh, the cause, that the former days uh, were better than these? And God says that's really not a wise inquiry. Uh, it's not a wise question, number one, because we're not in those former days now. So, so again, see that what he's saying is, how come uh, before, you know, it was, it was, those were the good days, but, but now, you know, it's not like that. And uh, it's not answered, but it's just said, that's not a good question to ask. It's not a good question because that's not where you are now. You're... You're not, you're not in those former days. Now, I don't know how it is with you, but when I look back uh, over the former days, meaning that the times, the years gone past or other times in my life, look, there are some of those times I miss uh, and there are some of those times I'm glad they're gone. Uh, you know, and you can, depending, you know, how you reflect on that. Uh, but whether I miss them or whether I wish that maybe some of them were still here, Either way, that wishing is of no value to me in that those days are gone. And we, we were clear with that. We, we, cannot, we cannot recover anything of our past days. Now, if there's some value in the times that we had before, the value might be in, in what the remembrance of that gives us now. So as we, as we remember some things, as we have a remembrance, if there's any value in the days that have gone by to us presently, all right? I'm not saying that they had no value in their hour. And I'm not saying that they won't even be under some eternal gain for you in the future. But I am saying that right now, and that's what this is saying, in life under the sun, in this present moment, it's not helpful to, to be reflecting back on times past and uh, kind of saying that, you know, they were great days, but, but now it's, it's not like that. God said that's just not a good inquiry. Uh, that's, not a, that's not the way that a wise person would even approach the question. And so uh, comparison is unhelpful 
if it diminishes your present. And so we need to think about that, that if, if, if we're reflecting back on periods before, but that reflection is diminishing what I should be doing now or it's taking away from how I look at what I'm doing now, all right, that's not helpful. We've, that's not a good thing to do, to be making those comparisons. This is a discipline of mind and a discipline of just trying to, to think about life, my life, my view of God, the context of my life, where I am now, with a God view. How, how, how does God want me to, to look at that? God knows we had a past and God knows that there were times before and maybe some were better and maybe some weren't, but it's just not a helpful question to, uh, to, be, to be looking at it that way. Um, secondly, because time uh, past or, or time has a way of embellishing all the goodness of the things that were before. Have you noticed that? That when we reflect on things that uh, were before, we often, we use this phrase, the good old days. You know, you hear people say the, the good old days. I, I think back and, and, you know, sometimes my family will start reminiscing. Uh, sometimes in the chaos of life, when everything particularly around here gets very busy and chaotic or elsewhere, uh, I reflect back when we lived in Tasmania. And because uh, that was just the opposite. And uh, we lived in Tasmania on a rural property in a place called Notley Gorge. And uh, it bordered a national park. So, so, you know, you could just, it was very picturesque, hills and all of that. And we had a 16-acre block of land there. And, uh, and we lived there for a period of time. We actually lived in a shed. But uh, anyway, uh, as you embellish it, it doesn't feel like a shed anymore. And, uh, and you look back and, uh, you know, we often reflect on that and we can think, well, you know, those were, those were, the, those were the good old days. But the reality is uh, I left that. And the reality is that when I was back there, well, it wasn't, everything wasn't quite as grand as it presently looks. The reality was that God had something better for me and God wanted me to lay that aside. And it's really just the danger is that in our remembrances of things before, uh, one, we can fall into comparison, and comparison is usually based on faulty weights, meaning that we, we value the past uh, particularly good, and we can value the present maybe particularly hard. And, and both of those weights can be faulty. Uh, you know, somebody has said that we need to remember that Today is tomorrow's good old days, that, that, our, that our present. So there's a danger that we will uh, embellish the times before. <coughs> so when this person asked, you know, how come the days before were so much better? God just said, that's just not a good way for you to be thinking. That's not helpful for you to, to, to go that way. And number three, why that would not be a wise inquiry according to the word of God is because uh, the season was probably different in what God calls the former days. The season. Now, God made our world, and as Aussies, or particularly if you live in Brisbane, we don't always see this, but God made our world with distinct seasons. So, so seasons largely determine, for most of the world, for most of their days, seasons determine what you can or you can't do at a given moment. So, so, so most of the world, 
for most of the time has essentially been, we say, agriculture-based. It's been around farming and that's how most people lived and I won't be surprised if in the millennium we're going to just sort of go back to some of that. But, uh, uh, but most people lived that way. And so the seasons, they dictated what you did at a given moment. So there was a planting season. And if you didn't plant in that season, there was no guarantee that in the season to come, you were, able, you were going to be able to plant then. So, so you had to watch your seasons and understand, okay, well, this is, this is a winter season. So because it's winter, it's not the same as summer. We're not harvesting now. And we're not even planting now. This is really just a time where what we have to do is uh, just, just, just uh, rely on what we did before and get through this season, and, uh, and, and then the next season will come. And so people in many places understood the idea of seasons, and it meant more to them than probably it means to us. But I do want to say that even in our life, there are seasons. There, there are, every, every time is not the same as every other time. And, uh, and our world has been made with changing seasons, and with season, comfort varies. Different seasons are more comfortable than other times. There are, there are, there are seasons when it's hard. Uh, there are seasons when you have less light and, uh, and the days are a little shorter. And so, so God made us that way. If you look at Israel and you look at them in context of Abraham all the way through, you will see that God's favoured people went through different times and seasons. And really it just depends where you want to open as to where you find them. But, but it wasn't the same all the way through. Uh, Israel went through times in the land and times when they were out of the land. There were, there were places you can open and you'll find them as slaves. There are other places you could turn to, you'll find them in freeness and, uh, and prosperity. And all of that was, was, uh, was seasonal to them. Now, uh, you, don't get to, you don't get to determine what season you were born into. So, so if it fell to you to be of the children of Israel, if you were going to be one of these Jews, you know, your timing was just where God placed you. You, you, you might have been born in the 400-year period where you were in Egypt. And uh, there, were, there, were, there were just thousands of people who knew no different life to that. They were born into that, they lived their days, and, uh, and they died in that. And they had to live within the context of that present season. So, so what did they do? Well, they had the bones of Joseph, they had some promises, and, uh, and that's probably about what they had. And so they, they, they just simply had to, to uh, worship God, and remember what God has said and be faithful in their faith in the promises God has made. But many people, that was, that's their entire life. They were born into that and they died out of that. It really just depends where you birthed and, and what season uh, you're birthed into. Now, uh, that, that's why uh, it's faulty to compare and say, well, well, those days. I, I see, uh, as you no doubt did last week, that... Uh, Billy Graham uh, uh, died, and, and, and I'm sure was in heaven. And uh, that was seasonal. That was seasonal. 
1959, Billy Graham preached in Melbourne and uh, there was a crowd of 130,000 present. Uh, it's the largest crowd to this day uh, that was ever uh, gathered there. That was seasonal. That was 1959. Uh, that was a different time. We're not in 1959 now. Uh, there, there, there was a time of awakening. There was a time in Australia where uh, 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 Charles Spurgeon uh, invested uh, through, through his children and others uh, in the advancement of the gospel in Australia. Uh, all, over, all, over, uh, all over Australia, there are buildings that are still called uh, something or other Tabernacle Baptist Church. And uh, those, uh, those churches were, were born out of the funds raised by Thomas Spurgeon, who came, the son, who came out here for a while. And they're all over, they're all over but that, that was a different season. That's not where we are now. And so depending where you're born into, uh, there's a, there's, it's faulty to compare and say, well, well, why, why was that a better day back then and why not now? Well, well, perhaps because that was summer and now is winter. Or perhaps that was summer and now is spring. Maybe it's, maybe it's different, but, but it's just not a good question. That's what the Lord is saying. Uh, God doesn't want you trapped between uh, not fulfilling what he wants you to do in this present day uh, because you're making comparisons to another time that, that is now past. And uh, you might say, you might say, well, uh, those, those, were, those were better days. And that, I don't know if that's true or not. It could be a matter of your reflection. I don't know if God would agree with you or not. He might. He might say, well, some things were better. But, he, but whether he agrees or, or he doesn't agree with you, really what he says is that's not the question. That's, it's not helpful for you now to be asking, you know, why is today so hard and, and it was all, was, why, why is today not as good as it was back then? And by the way, when we do that, I think we fail our children. You know, I, I'm, I'm older, so I'm looking at, I'm looking at concluding days. I'm, I'm looking at the fact that, that uh, one of two things is going to happen for sure. Uh, in my life. One is either Jesus will come back in my time. I think that's possible and perhaps likely. Or uh, if that doesn't happen, uh, my time will come to an end. I've lived much more of my life than I have left. And so that's, that's my season. And so I, I'm looking at life that way. But here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to be imposing upon our children who have their whole life ahead of them that somehow all the better days were before and essentially there's no hope for them anyway. And uh, that, that's not helpful for our children. That's not helpful for our church because we want a church that has a certain amount of continuity. I think we all desire that if the Lord is not back, that up until the very last service before the sound of the trumpet when the when the dead in Christ shall rise and we meet the Lord in the air, up until that time, we want faithfulness to be preserved. And so we, want to, we don't want to be sort of getting too caught. There's a danger that our age begins to reflect our mindset and uh, we project that onto our children who are not our age. Our, our, our children are looking for hope. Uh, our, 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 our teenagers, our young people 
they're looking ahead. They want to know what, what, what lies ahead. Now, if all they hear from us was, well, you know, the, the old days were good and God, God pity you for where you were born today. But God birthed them into this time. They're here for a purpose. And, uh, and they, have a, they have a will of God and, and God wants them to be faithful. So we don't want to fail our children. The season might be different to the former days. The other reason why these things can be faulty comparisons is because leaders come and go. And, uh, and again, if you think about the, uh, the children of Israel, uh, what God, uh, what they had through their, their time, they had different leaders, different personalities who were present in different eras. And those people were gifted by God for a season, for a time. But to, to try to compare one time with another, uh, again, it's a faulty comparison and God says it's just not a good inquiry. It's not a good question. That's what God is saying. Remember the day that God had to say to the children of Israel, Moses, my servant, is dead. And God says that to, to Joshua. Now, actually... Uh, Moses was very much alive. In fact, Moses was going to appear on the mountain, uh, you know, a few years ahead. But, but he was dead in the sense of earthly dead. What God was saying is, Joshua and you folks who are here, Moses is gone. That's what God was trying to say. Moses, Moses is gone. He's not here anymore. That, that, he was faithful. He was gifted for a time. But he's not here anymore. And now Joshua... And Joshua's generation have to say, well, what does the Lord want us to do? It's not, it's not given to us to walk through the Red Sea, uh, but it might be given to us to cross the Jordan. We, we, we might do that. And so, so just, we've got to be careful with the comparison to the former days and, and uh, not, uh, not, not let that trap us. And number five, why it's not a good uh, inquiry, God said it's not a wise inquiry, is because you're different now to your former days. It's not just that it was a different day, you're a different person. And you're not the same anymore. You know, God acknowledges in Ecclesiastes 12 that we don't stay the same. And Ecclesiastes 12, verse 2, 3, 4, talks about the latter years when we get older. Now you understand that before the fall of man... God never designed Adam to get old in the sense of aging and, and what it brings on us. Uh, that, all of that came as a consequence of sin, death, but also aging. And so, so that's a new thing. But always marvel, it's always encouraging to me to see that how in the scriptures God acknowledges those things. Not, 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 you know, he doesn't sort of brush them aside and sort of say, well, you, that's what your sin did to you. Don't talk to me about that. God deals with us in our present condition. And so God, God condescends to say, look, let me give you advice to you who will age. Because, because you're born as fallen sons of Adam, uh, redeemed in Christ now, thank God if you're saved. But let me give you advice. And God, the kind of advice God gives there is, look, go after God while you can. Because the days will come where you won't have the same opportunities. Now, that doesn't mean you're not faithful. It just means that age, it's just, it's just going to be with you. And, uh, and your physical strength will decline. And uh, some things will be different. So, so God acknowledges that we are different 
at different times. You're not you when you were 30 uh, or, you know, if you are that age or older, but that's not who you are. You know, if we're, if we're older, uh, we've had her before. But the questions we're asking God shouldn't be about our before, they should be about our now. We should be, we should be asking God, what, what is it that he'd have of us now? Now, let me just give you some wiser inquiries, which is wiser questions here that you might want to ask. And I, I want to refer you to uh, the passage we read in John chapter 4, and I'll just read a verse and then I'll attempt to make a connection. Uh, John chapter 4, something that Jesus said to the woman at Samaria at the well, if you're familiar with the passage. In verse 9, I'll just read it. It said, um, uh, well, uh, verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. So what Jesus was saying is this, uh, if you knew who was standing before you and if you knew what was happening right now, you would be asking a different question to the one you asked. That's what he's saying. Okay, because remember her question was, in the verse before, she, her question was very earthly. How come you being a Jew asking me to draw water? And Jesus said, look, if, if you realised what actually was happening here and if you realised what was before you, then you wouldn't be asking that kind of question. You'd be asking a different question and you'd be getting a different thing. That's, that's what he said to her. If you could realise that, you would be asking for that living water. So let me give you wiser questions to ask. And here it is. Maybe ask yourself this question. Instead of saying, how come that these days are not as good as those days? Maybe, maybe ask this, or start with this, what is before me now? So what, 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 what not, not before, but today, what I have in front of me, you know, in your future, what will you have wanted to do in these days? What would you have wanted to do? Now, I have to tell you, uh, just to be a little bit transparent, uh, on occasions I have wondered uh, whether, uh, whether I should just hand everything over to Joe in Thailand. I've, it's crossed my mind. Should I, should I just say, okay, we've got this far, uh, Joe, you take it now and uh, continue the vision and, and I'll go and start somewhere else or I'll do something else. And thoughts, I've, 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 that, that contemplation has come into my mind. But here's the picture that's followed thereafter. God will probably continue to prosper that work. God, God will probably continue to do things because he'll demonstrate everything wasn't hinged on me. But, but I just took myself forward a few years and thought if I was looking back on what God did and I put myself out of that picture, I, I, would, I would be regretful of that. I, I would go back and I'd thank God for what I was seeing because I'd know that's spiritual to do that. But a part of me would ache that I missed my moment 
and I removed myself from something God was doing. So here's what I'm saying. Uh, Consider carefully that what is it in the future you will look back on and wish you were doing now. Right, that, that would be a better question to ask. What, what, and I'm going to tell you this. Whatever the answer to that is, the answer is not quitting anything. What, whatever the answer to that is, the answer is not, I'll look back in my future and wish I just quit everything now. That's, that is not the answer. I'll look back in my future and uh, just wish that, you know, I stop going to church. No, no, you won't. So you need to take yourself forward a little bit and say, look, lift yourself out of the, can I say, the mire of present problems and uh, that can engulf us all and say, what is it that when I look back on, I'll be wishing I had been doing now? Another question. Who, who is with me now and what are the implications of that? Right, so, so if you have younger children now, I'm sure you're very busy. And probably for you, there's not a lot of uh, time for contemplations. Uh, you're probably so busy just keeping everything happening at home, you know, that, that, that because you have people who are reliant on you. You have children. And uh, so your children need you. So, so who is with you now? And what are the implications of that? Well, my children are mostly, you know, they're sort of on their way out, as in not as reliant on Suzanne and I. But I have other people around me now. And so I have to ask, who is around me now? What are the implications of that? And uh, reflecting on what I said to you earlier, Joe just said to me two days ago on the phone, he said, uh, I'm really not ready for you to not be around. I, I'm, I'm, I don't feel that, that I am able to, to, to I, don't, I don't want that yet. I'm not ready for that yet. And he wasn't thinking, we hadn't had any discussions of that. But he was just saying, being separated from me, I see the value that I still need what you bring to this uh, at, at, at the moment. Now, what about you? Who's around you? Because who is around you might answer some of the questions about what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, a, lo- a lot of that might be determined by uh, the implications of who God has put in your life. And uh, that might just, 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 just answer some of those questions. And then maybe ask this. Uh, uh, don't ask this, what a lot of people ask, where do I find happiness? Okay? Happy, happiness is nice. Uh, it's uh, it, it, it's good. It's the chief thing that most Thai people seek for. It's uh, it's the it's at the core of their quest of life, and uh, and uh, you know they it's just it's how they define everything. Uh, they define whether something is good or bad depending on the effect it has on your happiness. All right, so that's different to how we think. We think a little bit like that, but they absolutely think like that. So 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 rather than asking uh, where. Where do I find happiness? Maybe this would be a better question. Uh, where do I find meaning? Where, where, where do I find meaning? Uh, what, 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 what is the thing that I do 
that is meaningful, all right? Because there is no guarantee of perpetual happiness in this life. The Lord talks about our time to come as our rest time. You know, truly in heaven there will be great joy. Uh, there'll, 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 be, there'll be wonderful wonders unfolding before us all in heaven. He- heaven, heaven will be a wonderful time because we'll be right there with Jesus and all of those who've gone before, who have, who have walked the pilgrim road that we're walking right now. And they'll all be there. And not only that, uh, the magnificence of God's purposes and plans will become clearer to us. And I think we'll just be caught up in waves of glory as we think, oh, you know, just, just to see the wonders of all that God was doing and, and just, just how it was all crafted and planned of God to bring glory to him. And you're a central player in that. All that's going on around you, you, you you're, you're purposed. And God is using all the events of your life and the circumstances to bring, to bring great glory to him. But you don't see it all now. In fact, you only see parts of it now, and you might only see a little bit. But what you could ask is, well, rather than uh, where do I find happiness, where do I find meaning? What what is what does the Lord want me to do? You know, asking for temporal water just gives a temporal fix. But Jesus said, "Ask of me the water that you never thirst again." Ask, ask of me that, that everlasting water. That'd be a good question. Maybe ask yourself this question. What is my jurisdiction in life? You know, before I used to worry about, uh, well, I used to think a lot about uh, my world. Now I find I think a lot about the world. Before I used to just be busy in my, my life. But now I look at what's going on in the world. But you know what? I don't have jurisdiction over the world. I really don't. Someone said to me yesterday, they said, if you had the up-close view of our politicians and what goes on in daily life with them, you would be greatly dismayed at who is leading our country. And I said, I probably wouldn't because I got to that place already. I I got to the place already where I realised there's nobody special. I I got to the place already. I've, I've, I've seen too much already. That, 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 you know, I don't have faith in people anymore. But listen, the world, I don't have jurisdiction over that. There's things going on. I may see some of it. I think pastor's been illuminating on Sunday nights just some of the stuff that Daniel's unfolding, and it's happening in our time. Well, this week, if you turned on the news, surely you heard about Iran and Syria and Russia and and you just heard about stuff going on, and, and he, you know, he's just been saying that recently. It's all happening before us. But I don't have jurisdiction over that. So here would be a good question: What do you have jurisdiction over? What, 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 what's, what's the area of your responsibility? Because you can't do everything, and you can't fix everything. So what, 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 what should you do? Where do you find meaning? What's the area of your jurisdiction? What are you responsible for? I'll close with a verse as we just think about that, and I guess it's been a lot of things, but in the First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, I've referenced this before. It said, And the children of Issachar, which were men, 
that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. And then it gives their number and it says that the, you know, the brethren were with them. So the men of Issachar, their strength was this. It said they understood the times. They knew what season Israel was in. And they were able to say, okay, in this season, we should do this. And God said they, they were wise. They, they were greatly valued to those people in their ability to understand the present season. Uh, we, we have some leaders that are given to us, I think, that can see our season. And, uh, and I think that they should, be, they should be heeded in what they're saying. I, I love our theme uh, this year strengthen the things that remain. I, I, I don't think there could be any better, any better reference to our present season. What would God have us to do? He'd have us to, to strengthen what's here because we're getting assailed from many, many different directions. You can, you can see that. But, but, but don't ask yourself, don't say, how come these days are not as good as those days? God said, it's just not a good question to ask. Maybe rather say, where do I find meaning? What would God have you to do? If you haven't received Christ today, well, we're glad you're in church and I guess if you're here, you're here for a reason. But let me tell you that, that everything starts to make sense when you get Jesus in your life. Uh, only, only Jesus can take away your sin. Uh, Jesus died on the cross for you. He he didn't come here just to be a good person. He left heaven to take upon himself the sin of the world that he could be your saviour. And if you're looking for meaning this morning, then that would be found in coming to Christ. Uh, it's not another religion. It's not just another philosophy. Uh, I heard Franklin Graham say yesterday, at his, or the other day, two days ago, was it at his father's funeral? He said, uh, people will tell you there are many roads to heaven, but that's absolutely not true. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. If we're to go to the Father, we can only come through him. So, so maybe that would be our prayer for Lord, where do I find meaning? What's the area of my jurisdiction? What am I responsible for? God, who is in my life presently? And what are the implications of that? All right, let's have a word of prayer. Pastor, if you come.